the City Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back to another edition of Keys of the City with the trio back. Me, Trev Keys, alongside Ted Keys, and the Joseph Aguirre. We are now, guys, only about 54 hours away from the NFL season. But we will be talking. Don't worry about those NFC West because we saved the best for last. The champions, we're going to be talking about that. Does that division come down to an elbow and a backup? What am I talking? Why am I I even bringing up an elbow? Why are we talking about body parts? Doesn't make any sense. And an unbelievable, hectic, chaotic weekend. So yesterday, guys, yesterday was Labor Day. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. I know me and Ted had to work, but hey, a little extra money in the pocket. So I watched a movie yesterday. I finally got to watch. It's on HBO Max, the Elvis movie. And they like to call him the king. Very, very good movie, by the way. I highly recommend it. I saw Jurassic World. I saw Jurassic World as well, too. It's on Peacock. It was a good watched, it was watched, right watched last night. It wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. Everyone I, made thought, it, I like, thought it was, yeah, because everybody wants high expectations. But, I didn't think it was bad. Joe, have you seen either movie? Um, I want to see that Elvis movie because I, I, I heard from a young person. Yeah. Who's pretty cool that it was amazing and was. that blew Trav, me away. You are amazing, Trev. You are amazing. Yeah. When but the yeah. when the youngsters like something you're, you, you that I was already interested in, it makes me I think mean, I'm it's, it's going to make their Am I still called a youngster? I mean, am I still called a youngster? I don't know about that. But you can check out Keys to the City at Facebook.com as well as Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, as well as Clovercrest Media on all social media platforms. So check us out. Teddy, but like I was, does have the Elvis bangs going on today, though, doesn't he? My hair's a little long right now. I got I got to try to uh, get a haircut eventually. Last week we were talking about little Dude, buzz how, cuts. How now I got my hair. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. It's gelled. I can't. I can't figure it out right now. If it wasn't, I would. But I was watching the Elvis movie, and the way they like to call him the king. I know everybody likes to say Michael Jackson, but Elvis, the way he was, the way he controlled the crowd, the way that he always captivated the crowd. Why am I bringing this up? Because we saw this weekend, once again, why the SEC is king of the college football world, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about it. A record, 13-1. and If it wasn't for LSU's little debacle and terrible, terrible special teams on Sunday night, we'd be talking about a perfect, clean sweep, 14-0 from the SEC, guys. So I'm going to talk about this, and then maybe we can add to our takeaways. So we just came out last week about the college football playoff, and now it is going to get extended to 12 teams starting in 2026, but as soon as 2024. And then you look back to this weekend, and you just see what the SEC does. They captivate the the audience. They get the audience always watching. Why? It's either because you want to see them go down, or you're just that type of fan, or you're a football fan. And when you want to watch the best of the best, you usually are going to guys all I think we can all agree I speak for all of us the SEC is the best of the best and where it's always at that's where it comes down to and you look at this weekend the Oregon Georgia game was one of the bigger week bigger games of the entire weekend well that was over as soon as you can say adios muchacho because that game was wow Georgia just looks stout looks like they ain't going anywhere looks like they're going to be competing for another national championship. So, guys, when you look at this weekend, you look how the SEC dominated again, and just even the big ta- big name teams. Is 12 teams really the right decision just because of how dominant the SEC is? And I'll start with 10. I actually thought when we first talked about this a couple of years ago, when we had kind of, I always thought eight was kind of the, the better number. 
five power conferences with the automatic and then the three wild cards. Yeah. I can understand 12. I, I'm wishy-washy in this. I, I wish I was more uh, directive and I had more of like, hey, listen, 12 is great or four is great. I, I, I Here's the thing. I would like to see what 12 is going to look like. I want to see the 12 teams in there. I'm one of those people where sometimes more is better. I, I get it. At the end of the day, if we're doing a college football playoff right now, Georgia and Alabama are front and center so much better than everyone else. And sorry, Ohio State, sorry, Clemson, who are three and four and five. You're not at their level. It's at least week one, at least visually 2020 right now. They're a whole nother level better than everyone else. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how much better they are. I get it. Alabama played Utah State. Utah State won't win more than seven games. I don't care. It's just their dominance. Scoring on the first nine drives, not giving up 100 total yards to the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just they're ridiculous. Okay, Georgia wins what, by 46 points? I mean, they crush Oregon, who's the 11th ranked team. Their former defensive coach, which I thought, ah, oh, maybe he knows the guys. They lose 12 draft picks the last year. Same to Brown. Georgia looks better this year than they did last year. So with that being said, I do like the 12 teams. Why not? Uh, Trev, I'm going to take a little bit and steal it from the Joe Clatt show. You sent me something on Twitter last night. He said only 10% of the teams in the college football era have made the college football playoff. He said if we had expanded to the 12-team playoff thing, there would have been up to 32% of the team. There would have been 41 total teams. Now you say, well, Ted, what the hell is the difference? It would probably be the same three teams, three or four teams. Okay, get it. But when we watch college basketball, I know basketball and football are different, but we still watch. We still watch the 16 seed play the one seed. Now, eventually, we might turn it off in the second half when it's a 42-point blowout, but we still want to watch the game. There's always that one chance where there is that upset. I think it's exciting. I think for the other thing is for college football, the way this game is going when NIL deals and monies and sponsorships, and it's always been about driven money, then why not? Okay, if it gets me a Penn State-Alabama first-round matchup, in Penn, if I get a USC-Oklahoma first-round matchup, if I get Coastal Carolina and I can get a BYU team or a B, uh, Boise State or a Cincinnati team who gets that one, if they lose in the semifinals or they lose in the first round, so be it. But at least as a coaching standpoint, I can use it as a recruiting, a recruiting tool, and I can use it as a selling point to my team that, hey, listen, we're going to be on national television. We're going to play the big boys, and you're at least going to have an opportunity. Because if you don't go to one of these four or five big schools, do you ever have an opportunity to win a national championship? That would be my question. Joe? I'm glad you brought up basketball. Number 16 seeds are 1 and 143 in the NCAA tournament. I think we all know who that one is from 2018. So you say there's a chance. I'll give you one better, Teddy. 15 seeds are now 10 and 138 oh, since 1995. So I'll tell better. you what, Trevor, to answer the question on the surface, yes, this proved it's a terrible idea, but. Before Butler and Gonzaga and all these other uh, small schools started, yeah. started when when they started showing up and they got competitive and they started winning some games, basketball mm -hmm. got a lot more interesting I to me. It. And like you said, Ted, you know what? You give those teams a chance to go out there, even if it's let's just say every year it's going to be you know uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, one other team. Well, you know what? That's one other team. That's got the opportunity to go out there and be like, hey, look, we were in, in it for a national championship. It it does give hope if there's at least one other team every year. I don't have a problem with it being Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State every year. Those are clearly the three best programs right in now. The country. Yeah. Oh, like Clemson. 
up in Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma, but, and then both in Michigan. But Trev, you get it. It's you want to. Here's the thing: if they set it up where the first four teams get the bye, so twelve through uh, what would it be twelve to five would play. Yeah, so five, five to twelve. Play 12 yeah. Blah blah yeah. blah. And the home game, and the teams get the the. The teams with the higher seed would get, or the lower seed, closest to one, would get the home field advantage. Of the game, and then when you go to the final eight or the four, you go to the bowl playoff, the full six. I think that first of all, the bowls still make their money because that's what's important. The bowls still want to make their money. You get the sponsorships, you get the extra game, you get the notoriety. And Joe, I was I was thinking about when you said it, it threw me on the part is you're like, well, two seeds Ted are now 10 and what, 132 against – well, guess what? Probably 10, 15 years ago, they were only in one wins. But because you start seeing more and more teams get in and they start getting in every year, now like a team like Vermont, you're like, hey, that 13-team Vermont team, you better watch out. They've been in the tournament three of the last four years. you got some veteran guys. And here's the other thing. Those teams that make it in as 11-12, you might have more seniors on that team. It might not be all NFL-ready guys, but guys that are more experienced that have been – what if like a team like Joe, you said Cincinnati, right? They made it a year before that, right? They got knocked out first round. Then last year they made it, but now they're in the second year. The experience and notoriety and understanding what to what to expect when the game happens, I think only helps those teams, those players, and more likely for an upset. Here's the thing though. We're talking about college basketball. I mean, that's I get that, but what we expect, especially with recency. Is that the SEC, Alabama, Georgia? I know they I know Alabama played Utah State. I don't care who Alabama plays any week. Alabama's going to be in the top four discussion until Nick Saban and whoever the predecessor is to follow because it's just Alabama. That brand is there now. It's back to being dominant. It's the same thing with Georgia. I don't expect, like when I think about this weekend, one of my big takeaways from this entire weekend, guys, was who's going to be number four? Because Georgia clearly looks like right now they are on another level. Alabama is not going anywhere. I don't care if they played Utah State. They'll beat any team in college football. Put their team against anybody else, maybe other than Georgia or maybe even Ohio State as well. They might, they're probably going to win. And then Ohio State, look, I know that they didn't win 50 to like 20 or something like that. They yeah, but Notre Dame was real slow. Hold on. Listen, but my thing was they just beat a top five team. The way that they won the game. That was my biggest takeaway from this Ohio State team. The D, the toughness, looks back. I mean, their final drive on the 14 play, 95-yard, seven-minute drive to finish off the game, four or 10 of those plays were rushing yard, were rushing attempts. So they got back to ground and pound football because Ohio State, look, I look, I love Ohio State, but this team became like a finesse team. They like to just air it out, like kind of like an Oregon Duck team back in the day. Now they need to get back to their toughness. Their defense shut down. I know I know Notre Dame is not known for being the big flashy offensive team in, in the world, but they shut them down in the second half. No points, 72 yards total in that entire second half. That is one of my big takeaways. Plus, they didn't have their top star, Jackson Enigma, or Smith Jackson Smith Enigma, out for the game. So they had to go back to a whole different game plan. And C.J. Stroud didn't have the greatest numbers. It's 24-34, 223, two touchdowns. Okay, solid. But guess what? They ran the football. They got to get back that identity. Toughness. Big 10. What is the Big 10 about? Toughness. Running the football and great defense. And Ohio State did that. And I know it wasn't they won by 50 points. They won 21-10. But guess what? Those are the games that could go a long way because if you could play the way that they did, that's going to be a scary sign of things to come. But to me, 
the three best teams without question are Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, no particular order. Who's number four? Like, I just don't see, especially, and I know it's only week one, and okay, I get it. But, guys, we've seen it since this college football playoff has began. It's been, other than Ohio State and Clemson, it's really been all SEC. So who's going to be number four? You have a bunch of nice, solid teams out there, but do they compete with these three that we've been talking about, the heavy favorites coming into the season, Joe? I'll tell you, it's it's got to be Oklahoma. and and You were high the, on Oklahoma. I, I'll I tell you what, the defense, 31 rushes, they allowed 28 yards. That's 0.9 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Um, it also uh, took UTEP 51 uh, passing attempts to get 288 yards against them. It was an absolute blowout. And and like I told you, dude, this this kid, man, Dylan Gabriel is the real deal. This kid's an undersized Oklahoma quarterback. He was very successful when he was at Central Florida. I, I'm telling you, I think this team that that defense is so much better. Well, they got Brett Venables, ex defensive mm, coordinator from uh, Clemson. So. I'm okay. telling you that that's my team again. As you look at their schedule outside of Baylor and Oklahoma State, it is a very easy schedule. They like I they came into the weekend sitting at number nine. I feel like they're well positioned to slowly, just slowly yeah. eke up uh, and and then be there come season's end, and they could very well be undefeated. And that's the thing, guy Ted, is that you saw what Georgia did, and all we've heard for the past year and a half is Stetson Bennett. Is he good enough? Well, I think we could just stop that narrative because that man torched a number eleven team in the country and made them look like a JV team, look like a team that shouldn't even be ranked near the top twenty-five for the rest of the season. Went twenty-five at thirty-one, three sixty-eight, two touchdowns. Guys, they scored on the first seven possessions. Their first punt was when it was forty-nine to three. Like, this team just lost. I mean, we know what that team had on defense, offense, and they look like they just haven't missed a beat. And then Alabama, and I get it. They played Utah State. I understand. I get it. It's it's nothing It's nothing crazy to go, gloat about. But it's Alabama. I mean, they've been they doing scored it scored on their first nine drives. They didn't give up 100 yards total off offense to Utah State. Until and young, Bryce Young had six. Bryce Young quarter. had six touchdowns. Ted, one of them being a rushing. I mean, he had a hundred yards rushing. He's not known as being a rusher. No, he, do you know the yards rushing he had last year? What? That's crazy. That's Dude, crazy. And I, I guess, and I didn't really. And I forgot this because it's different than the NFL. Sacks in the college game take away from rushing yards, which just has to stop. I'm just saying yeah. that, like you look. My at biggest takeaways would be yeah, this: one would be the transfer portal works. Okay. Caleb Williams, Blitnikoff winner, Addison for USC, dominant, two receiving touchdowns. Caleb Williams looked apart. Start Thursday night's game, the backyard brawl. Both quarterbacks were transfers. Yep. Slovis and JT Daniels. Both put those teams – That part of the reason why that game was great is because of quarterbacks. We talk about this. Part of the, the discussion of being in a college football playoff is how's your quarterback, bro? Okay. Quinny Errors for Texas looked pretty good, but we'll see how he really looks this week against an Alabama team. Biggest takeaway, I'll, I'll, I have three of them. Okay, so my first thing I wrote to Charles, and I told you this the other day, is Georgia's on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Okay, last year was how do they win despite of sense of bed, and now it's like well, – What's their weakness? What's their weakness? He, his, his moxie, his confidence, he's he's back, bro. Like And they believe in him. They have full a, support of him. 
Yeah, he's a, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate, okay, at least with that offensive team. They're going to be winning every game as long as those numbers continue to grow. And I think because they're not worried about, well, we're only going to run the ball. We're going to pass the ball 12 times. We're going to conserve. We're going to play defense. No, no, no. This is going to be a different Georgia team because there's faith and confidence in this kid. And oh, yeah. I think the national championship winning last year, the way he had to take care of the SEC championship loss, come back, rebounded. I mean, the play where he's getting sacked and he still keeps his eyes up and was able to find the receiver in the back of the end zone, the corner end zone, yep. just speaks volume. So I said Georgia and Alabama. Number two is Florida found their quarterback, at least for this year. He might be Cam Newton part two. He might not win the Heisman because their team might not be as good as that Auburn team, but he might be the most electrifying quarterback in college football. All right. He is the main reason why they won that game against Utah. He's probably the only reason why the game, because he was the he best player. Like a stud. He was the best player on the field. And, What's hopefully as a NFL fan is he continues to grow because now he's going to put himself next year. In he a would top look good. He would look good in a blue jersey and uh, the, uh, the the team that. Well, I tell there. you, he, that forty-eight yard scamper down the sideline making the quarterback miss. He's got moves. He's got speed. Or how he's about two? How about that two-point conversion? Fake pump, fake turnaround. I mean, he's electrifying. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I was going to say to you, Trev, your point is, who's the fourth best team? Because I watched Clemson last night. Their defense is worthy of, of 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 championship caliber, all right? Their defense is legit. They have studs on that defense. They have at least four guys that will be drafted in the NFL next year. The kid, Grease, number 11, Murphy, yeah. the DN. They have uh, safety. I, I think it's Murphy, another kid. They're electrifying. But the, their weakness is their offense right now. They could not run the ball really well last night. No. And their quarterback, DJ Ugalea, um, I thought he would be a much more improvement in his third season on the belt. He didn't look that good. The true freshman who came in late in the last five minutes. I just, the way the ball just came from his arm release. Kelly not, Bryant. That was the quarterback. Tra- the quarterback <laughs> I just Kelly. thought of it. I, I literally just thought of it as he was talking about DJ because so, I'm like, so, hey, can we see another situation like that? So I will I will say that. Um, will that happen? Clemson still has to figure out their offense. They have not improved their offense from last year. Um, Big 12, nothing excited me in the Big 12. I mean, Texas, okay. Oklahoma did what they're supposed to do. They had a home game. Uh, Oklahoma State scored 50-something points again, but then gave up like 40 points in the second half. The biggest thing, other thing is, did the Pac-12 already eliminate itself from the Their only hope, that, their only hope now is, um, is, USA. is Utah. Now, Utah here's USC. Thing. I will say this. Notre Dame did not lose their chance of making it because they still play USC and they still play Clemson. Later yep. on in the season, I think Notre Dame has a chance, but their offense has to be much better than it was in the second half, where they only gained. What did I say? They after the first, I wrote it down. Seventy-two yards total. total yards. They punted on their last six possessions. Yeah, they had seventy-two Notre total Dame. yards after the with first play of the game. They had a fifty-five yard um, play. After that, they only had one hundred ninety-nine yards total offense. That was impressive. Ohio State's defense, but how good is all? Um, excuse me, Notre Dame's offense. But listen, I'll tell you, if you're a football fan, a college football fan from Thursday with the backup role, the Penn State game against Purdue, the, the Saturday games, the Saturday night game, the Appalachian State UNC game, I know most people didn't probably watch it, but <laughs> I don't know if anybody points, watched it. I don't know if anybody watched in the last five minutes of the game, the last five minutes of the LSU Notre Dame game Sunday night. I mean, the punt return fumble, the fumble on the goal line, the 99 yard drive, the touchdown, the block extra point. I mean, college football, if you were looking for a a grade for the weekend, I would give it an A-. minus Overall, from Thursday to Monday, you had a great weekend of college football. You electrified all the fans, and it's good to see college football back. Yeah, college football is back. It, it delivered again, as always. But like I said as I started this, the SEC remains king of college football. 
without not even close. Yeah, it's not even close right now. We'll see what happens. Wait till wait till in two years when you got Texas and Oklahoma now in the SEC. And and that's the one thing I know we won't talk about. I won't branch, but what will happen? Because now when you talk about those teams, you talk about a 12 team college football playoff. Are we looking at 18 from the SEC? They would average six on a normal year, five to six. Now you when you had Texas and Oklahoma, at least Oklahoma. Now you're like Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, maybe Florida. LSU, Texas A&M, and yeah, then you get an Ole Miss some years. You get a Mississippi State. You get one of the. You get a Tennessee who could be really good this year. Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas. I mean, and listen, Arkansas beat Cincinnati. They have a Mm -hmm. tough schedule, but that Arkansas team is really good. Yeah, KJ Jefferson. Nice win this weekend over Cincinnati. He's a he's a stud. But like we were just talking about, a dominant conference in the SEC. The NFC West was once a dominant division in all of football, probably the best at one point when you had the Seattle Legion of Boom. The Arizona Cardinals have always been an interesting, intriguing type of team. They always had the flashiness, but they never put it together. Well, we'll see what happens with them. And then you always had the 49ers and the Rams. The Rams dominated early in the 2000s. They kind of had a a rough patch for some time, but finally they're back on their high horse and well-deserving as they are the defending champs as we finish up our divisional preview as we are, like I said, only 54 hours away until opening night in L.A. as the defending champs take on the Buffalo Bills, the L.A. Rams, and the Buffalo Bills, boy, oh, boy, could be a Super Bowl preview. And we will have our preview show coming up later in this week, so stay tuned for that. But, guys, this division, realistically, I know people might want to add the Arizona Cardinals, but I'm not – I'm not flying high with the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have been getting shot down. They're getting shot down in Trev's world because I'm not buying into them. Seattle, according to Pete Carroll, he's got two number one quarterbacks. I'd love to know what he's smoking. Where are they? Yeah, I would love to know what he's smoking because let me go over there and try to figure that out because what is he on? He's on cloud nine. I think the old age is starting to get to him. But this is, like I said, it's kind of very similar. Other than the AFC West, a lot of these divisions, guys, you look through it, NFC East really is like a two-team race. The NFC South, two-team race. Green Bay, NFC North, probably just them. And then the the AFC North, two-team race. AFC's Buffalo Bills. The South, AFC South is a two-team race. A lot of these divisions are two-team races. And that's how I feel, again, this division is going to come down to it, is that it's a two-team race. And it comes down to the oddest of eyes. An elbow, an elbow of Matthew Stafford cannot hold up for the uh, – he wasn't the Super Bowl MVP. Cooper Cup was a Super Bowl MVP. I was about to say the Super, but the Super Bowl champ, Matthew Stafford, and then possibly could we be seeing the reappearance of Jimmy G? I know everybody's real high on Trey Lance, but according to reports, Trey Lance was a bit annoyed that Jimmy G is still with the 49ers. Well, they're so, going to just let him go for nothing. I get that, but here's the thing, guys: is it going to come down to the elbow of Matthew Stafford, or realistically? Can we see Jimmy G reclaim the helm as the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, Joe? Listen, the 49ers, it's a win-now football team. And the Mm -hmm. question all along has been, is Trey Lance a win-now quarterback? He is going to have a very short leash. Listen, this this goes beyond not letting Jimmy G go for nothing because – it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. They know full well, listen, if this kid can't cut the mustard, if the Niners get off to a one and three start, Jimmy G's taking over. This is a playoff team. He'd still be able to win a division. He'd still, I mean, 
they'd be they'd be primed. So I, I'm telling you, I, I I know a lot of people are really high on Trey Lance. Let's see what happens when the real games start. But yeah, I think I think Jimmy G's gonna have a much bigger impact on things than people think right now. Although I'll say this, look, I like the Rams. I think the Rams, that that defense is still pretty great. That offense, you know, you, you swapped out some pieces. They're pretty solid. Don't discount the Cardinals. Easy to do. They've already easy to do. They were terrible. Four and six in the second half. Got blown out in the playoffs. Embarrassing. Then they had this offseason debacle with Kyler Murray. How embarrassing was all that for DeAndre everybody gets, involved? Gets suspended for six games. Oh, him. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's... Chandler Jones goes to Oak. Oh, excuse me. I was going to say Oakland to Las Vegas Raiders. Listen, I, I, Joe, I'm with you on the Arizona Cardinals. Don't count them out. Okay. They oh. still got talent. Oh. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> they dominate September and October. All right, they were seven and zero last year, and they were beating really good teams last year. And they actually had handled the Rams really well. They matched up really well against the Rams. How does Cliff Kingsbury and Kyle Murray in their third season really, I would say, evolve offensively? Okay, we know DeAndre, the number one, is out till week six. So when he comes back, he could be a shot in the arm. He could be a B twelve shot, as Roger Clemens would say, and and boost them. You know what I mean? Now you get it. and with Marquise Brown. I know they lost Christian Kirk. But their offense still should be good with James Conner. I mean, you know, Benjamin, they have players. They have Zach Ertz. The offense should be should be fine. It's the defense. Can the defense withhold? I mean, they lost Jano Jones, who was their best pass rusher, one of the best pass rushers in the game. They still have Buda Baker. They still have J.J. Watt. still have Isaiah Simmons, who me and Trev loved, coming out of Clemson, who can do a little bit of everything, pass rush, linebacker, safety. So they have they have personnel on the team. They will be, they will be there fighting for a wild card position definitely at the end of the season. But, Trev – 100% right. This comes down to two teams. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It comes down to the Rams and the 49ers. It, it, because those teams are the Ram. I would say the 49ers have the best defense in that division, followed by the Rams. It's a close one. But I, I like all levels of the 49ers now that they have Shadavius Ward, who they picked up from Kansas City. Gives them another stout defense. And you got Bozo. You got Fred Warner. I get it. You have uh, Aaron Donald and Bobby Carper and Jalen Ramsey. But those guys are over the 30 boundary. Now they're 32 years old, 33, 34 years old. You know, as you you're on the you're on the on the decline. So, and how much is Aaron Jones, Aaron Donald motivated? You would you would expect he would be motivated, but how much more so considering he was thinking about retirement, right? Does Matthew Stafford's elbow, Trevor? You're right. Does Matthew Stafford's elbow plays any part of the season? I say no, but I, I'm I'm optimistic, right? I I feel like this guy's been playing through injuries since he came on the field for the Detroit Lions 12 years ago. All right. He took a beating in Detroit. Supposedly his elbow was bottom last year, but it didn't matter. Still led him to a touchdown. Get a couple shots, rehab. Don't make him throw during – it's going to be like a pitcher. Ice the elbow all week. Don't throw till Friday and Saturday. Be ready for Sunday. You know what I mean? It was like Odell when, when they have the that turf toe. You don't do anything till Sunday, and then and you and you get ready to go. You just get keep the mind right. At this guy, I don't think the reps are really needed for Matthew Stafford. It's just it's mental reps and staying with the thing. But here's the other thing. 49ers, they play well against – they were, what, 6-0, and 7-0 against the Rams last year up until the NFC Championship game that they lost? I mean, they seem to have their number. I, I think the Rams are – if I break it down and we're not doing a full thing, but I love the Rams. I think they definitely have the opportunity to repeat, repeat as Super Bowl champions. I think they're better offensively. 
All right. I think some of the guys that they drafted last year, the rookie receivers, they'll all be back. I think they'll have the best number two they've had in a long time. Allen Robinson is a stud one. Now with Cooper Cup getting double coverage in the slot, Allen Robinson is going to get one-on-one coverage. They're going to have Tyler Higby back. You have Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. Their only weaknesses, they lost their starting left tackle, Whitworth. So will that play a factor in how, you know, listen, we've talked about it with Dak with the loss of Tyron Smith. The impact of a left tackle losing a guy who's superior, will that play a factor? And my thing is this. I think the 49ers are in a win-win situation. Trey Lance could be the Colin Kaepernick and dominate, take over his ability to run and pass, athleticism. It's a win-win. And guess what, Joe? You have the best backup in the in the in the league, right? And he knows what to expect. When things are down, he could pick Trey Lance up. He could be that bridge. And God forbid he gets hurt or something happens where Trey Lance struggles. I don't think he'll have a short leash. But if the leash has to get pulled back and you got to go back to the doghouse, what better guy to bring off the bench than Jimmy J, right? He's been behind Brady. He's always seems to get the knock on him. No one wanted to trade for him. What would be a fitting story is Trey Lance, Dominic, gets hurt on a bad injury like Carson Wentz did against the Rams in like week 12 when he's the MVP. And what cool comes in? Nick Foles. No one wants Nick Foles and leads him to a Super Bowl. Jimmy G leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl. I would love to see Jimmy G win the Niners the Super Bowl this year and then get traded. Like the Nick Foles <laughs> well, thing. You, well, you got you got to remember also. You, you also got situation. You also it's different from Nick Foles in that Garoppolo really is the starter and has been the starter, whereas Foles already oh, was. You know what I mean? He was already exactly. a bench guy. He'd already given up on Foles. But that was the best thing I could think about. I mean, oh, the yeah, thing, dude. The only thing on. I could think about was when Bledsoe got hurt, Brady took over the thing, Brady got hurt or played like crap in the AFC title game. He got benched. Bledsoe led them to victory, and then when Super Bowl came up the following week, we'll Brady got to, his job We'll back. also have to see the Rams lost their offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who's the new coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Now Liam but Sean Cohen. McVay Liam, is still there. Liam, Liam Cohen is the offensive coordinator. But here's my thing, and I know we're not supposed to give predictions. To me, this is the team that's coming out of the, the NFC. It's the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to come out of the that NFC. That was your pick last year. I picked them to go to the NFC. I picked them to go to the NFC Championship last year. They did get to the NFC Championship game. I got them going to the Super Bowl, representing the NFC. I know we're not supposed to be doing predictions or stuff like that, but I'm going to just say it flat out. I think this team is more complete than the Rams. There's more question marks. I think with Jimmy G back, you got that veteran presence. You got the guys that, and that's the thing. Also, this team really is rallies behind. Jimmy G. They love Jimmy G. Yeah, they Kittle, love him. Williams, they all, they they all are huge Jimmy fans of Jimmy G. Huge supporters of him. Trey Lance, look, you could be annoyed all you want, but that's on you, man. If you're as great as what we all projected him to be coming out and this raw potential, well, where is it? Because hopefully, maybe we're going to see it. Maybe this is all fool's gold, and then Sunday comes. I know he's playing the Bears and stuff, and the Bears are not going to be much of a challenge. Hey, it's, a still, game, it's, it's a warm-up game, Trevor. It's a tune-up game. And that's the th- that's the situation. There's a reason why guys like Joe Flacco got traded, got released, because they had faith in a guy like Lamar Jackson. They knew that this guy can lead this team. There's still re- there's a reason why Jimmy G is back as the 49ers backup. I don't care if he's not starting or not, but for him to be staying there still, currently on that roster, it speaks volumes to where Trey Lance's development has been for the past couple of years. And this is a like we talked about. This is going to be a debate for some time, and it's all going to be kind of similar to like the Tua situation. Did they make the right decision drafting Justin Herbert in the Dolphin situation? And in this case, 
Did the 49ers make the right decision of taking Trey Lance over Justin Fields or even Mac Jones, as we all thought was going to happen that night? That's one of the main questions. And if you got Jimmy G still there, a guy that wins, the guy wins still. I know it's not he's not the greatest quarterback in the world. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's probably more in the 15 to 20 range. Okay, I get it. But still, the man wins. The man's been to a Super Bowl. The man has been to an NFC title. But game. he has limitations. He has Trey limitations, Lance. but Trey Lance, do, I get it. Trey Lance does have limitations because if he had all those great limit, those limitations that we don't talk about, then he'd be the full-time we starter. Have, we haven't seen never, it in full effect, and I feel never, like Kyle Shanahan. We would never be talking about Jimmy G if we had the full on the, the limitations that that Trey Lance doesn't have. He obviously does because it's just not well, putting he's, he's all not the pieces as, together. He's not as accurate, but we've seen this before where you have young star quarterbacks and you bring in veteran. Now you usually bring in a veteran guy to back him up, like a Joe Flacco, or when we had Kurt Warner for EUI. We've seen this before. All right. But I get it. Jimmy G was a starting quarterback. He led them to a Super Bowl and lost. He led them to an NFC Championship game last year. They could not find any trade pieces, which is surprising. I think that speaks to where the league looks at Jimmy G. Goes, he's limited. And we feel that whatever we have. But with a team like this, Ted, here's the thing. With a team like this, the 49ers, it works perfectly, it works perfectly because they don't have a lot of I mean, to be honest, they don't have a lot of glare and weaknesses. Maybe their no. secondary has question marks, but their linebackers, they got one of the best stout linebackers in all of football, Fred Warner. They got a, a great defensive line. It boasts, it, when they stay healthy, that's one of the best defensive lines. And they got one of the best offensive lines in football. They have a dominant running attack, and they have playmakers, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, um, Jen, Raquan Jennings. They got Debo. They have players, and they got a coach that is a genius in Kyle Shanahan. And so and they, they don't really have Demico Ryan's is, is exactly. Is a, is so they don't really coach. have a lot of eye-opening weaknesses. And they have a like, solid yeah. kicker in Robbie Gold. Well, he was the kicker. Actually, I don't know if Robbie Gold's still the kicker, but he was. I mean, we know about him. He's solid inside fifty. And that's so, all I'm mean, trying to say is that this team was only one drive away from being in the Super Bowl. Actually. My thing is this. With a guy who runs an athletic, there's always a chance for injury. All right? I'd rather have with a team that has a Super Bowl caliber opportunity to have Jimmy G as my backup than Jacoby Brissett. Or someone – and I'm just using him because in a situation where the Browns are in, that is their starting quarterback. It's. I think it's a win-win. If Trey Lance plays great – and what here's the thing. What happens midseason? Vikings, someone gets hurt. Someone gets hurt, right? And their team is like – you're five and two. You don't want to spoil your whole season. Call the 49ers for Jimmy G. So you you have that that kind of doggy biscuit or whatever you want to call it, something in the back corner waiting. God forbid someone needs it because someone always gets hurt. Yeah. Someone always gets hurt. And I tell you one thing, if you're a competitive team right now, why would you not go after Jimmy G in the situation where you want to compete for a Super Bowl? You wouldn't want to punt on the rest of your season. That's what I'm saying. Mitchell Trubitsky is 34 and 23 in his career. That's a guy that wins NFL football games. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is 45 and 18 as an NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. So he didn't just win. He wins at a ridiculous level. The problem is one of the higher he rates. He doesn't look good in it. Like Trubitsky, it's ugly. It yeah. doesn't look good. He, it's the defense. It's the, it's the offensive line of the running backs. So, listen, I don't care who your running back is. I don't care what your defense is. If your quarterback is not a competent person mm -hmm. that can manage you to victories more times than not, not going anywhere. I got it. Jimmy G's I, a winner. Yeah. Jimmy, I mean, listen, 
Can Jimmy G win a Super Bowl? Of course he could. Listen, if he was so With bad, the right how did the 49ers win all the games? Of course he could. I mean, here's the thing. If he was so bad, how do they keep on winning? Because if you're bad, you 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 play like crap. I mean, I, I want to use the Daniel Jones effect, but you stink then. You're throwing picks. You're fumbling the ball. You're not moving the ball down the field. you got to score points to win the football game. Teddy, let me ask you this. Right? What was the record for the Niners last year? The 11 uh, and 5? Yeah. I think it was yeah. I think it was 11 and 5. We'll just call it 11 and 5 even if it was 10 and 6. What's the difference? So, we'll say right on paper, who's the better quarterback? Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo? They were 10 and, they were I don't 10 need and numbers. 7. They were 10, 10 and 7. 7. Fine. So okay. not not even a great record. Uh that's that that might even help the point more. Who's the better quarterback? Oh, Trey Lance. If we're playing King Trey Cole, Lance. Cole, yeah. How many more wins is he going to get? Maybe one or two. Right. That's how much better because, he is. Because, hold on. Hold on. But is hold he really on. better? Hold on. Trev, on paper, skill-wise, yeah, Trey Lance the better quarterback. The board, That's yes. what I, yes. th throw everything you know about these guys. Because, again, I just told you his, his win-loss record, other than Brady and Rodgers, I bet you nobody's even close to that kind of a winning percentage that Jimmy G has. So that's got to mean something. It's got to mean something. Again, you're trading that guy for a guy that, on paper, I think will get you one, maybe two more wins this year. Huh? Well, it, the difference, though, could be the one seed, though, and that's what one or two games can Sure. Mean. Teddy, listen, there's value in it. That's why the Niners are doing it. But, again, well, that, it's, not like, think... it's not like we're saying this is a 10-7 and 7 team under Garoppolo. They're going to be 14 and three this year with Trey Lance. Probably not. No, my thing would be this. And because of the division, it'll be tougher. I think 11 wins probably wins a division. Again, the only thing I would say to this, and, and I, I've used this argument, I think, Joe, when you were away or something on vacation, was the Alex Smith Mahomes thing. Now, I know we didn't know what Mahomes was. Alex Smith was a great quarterback, won 10 games every year for the Chiefs. But what I'm thinking about is if I'm an offensive, Joe, you're my offensive coordinator, right? And I'm your quarterback. I'm your, well, I'm the young kid, right? I got all the skills and things. And then you got this other veteran guy who's like, he's good. He can run your offense, right? He runs it. But imagine now I got a guy who now you close your eyes and your imaginary goes, I can do anything. I can do every play in the playbook is open. I can run those read options now instead of just a hand up. Now they have to read the back the backside DN has to respect Trey Lance. If he pulls the ball and runs around the corner where Jimmy G, if he hands the ball with Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, it's a handle, right? You know what I mean? You can run those RPOs. You can do more things. Now he might, he might miss that third and three pass that Jimmy G would have hit that kept the first down. But the imagination of your offense be able to expand could make you more dangerous. And I think for teams that are going against them, they go, that's a lot more to prepare for. I got to worry about a guy that could take it six yards with his leg or can throw it six yards where Jimmy's D is like, I hit sack, I hit sack bunts, I get base hits, but there's no home Here, run. Pop. Yeah, but here's my here's my final point about this, about this whole Trey Lance thing. You said Mahomes and Alex Smith. Alex Smith got traded. Oh, I know. Because they knew, listen, because they knew they had a star in Patrick Mahomes. Why isn't Jimmy G traded? That's my whole thing. Because they don't have the value for him. Okay. Yeah, I don't Wait, think. no, no, no. Baloney. No, there's, trust Baloney. Me, that, yeah, that's BS. Yeah, Baloney. Somebody, okay. There's a reason why they wanted to keep hold of him. You're the a whole thousand. Time still. Listen, 
You're a thousand. That's all I'm trying to say, T. Funny, I when Ted started talking Mahomes, I didn't catch when you guys said it the other day, but that's exactly because I mean my second point is they traded Alex Smith the next year. But but Trevor, you're wrong about this much. Andy Reid didn't know. No, he believed in his heart and he trusted what he saw. He didn't know. And he he cut the cord and he went with Trey Lance. Now this tells me. That Trey Lance has not shown Shanahan enough that he feels comfortable doing that. That's what it tells me. Keep it in the back pocket. And one more. And my final. And the idea that he's still on this bench, and knowing the way this team is designed, if Trey Lance gets off to a bad start, three picks, eight, you know, three uh, touchdowns, eight picks in his first four or five, he's out. He's and out. What, and that's what I was going to say. 100% is that out, dude. Yes. The Chiefs at that time were a playoff caliber team. Andy Reid and that and company must have felt Alex Smith or Alex Smith. Thank you so much. You're not good enough to get us over the hump. Patrick Mahomes can take us to a whole nother. I don't why has why have why hasn't like do you really think like Trey Lance? Is he going to take you to that whole nother level? Like, we don't know he yet. Can. He, he can, can, but we haven't seen it yet. Here's, and there's a reason the why Jimmy G is still going to be at the helm. Your famous things are the boomer bust factor, all right? He is he's got boom written all over him. Yeah. But there could be a little liability of bust. I think Joe's and you are 100 percent right. Maybe there's not hundred percent trust in Trey Lance, so that's why they use it as a backup plan. But here's the other thing. I also think that they wanted to do right by Jimmy J. I didn't think they wanted just to ship him to some team for, for nothing either. I think at the end of the day, he's an asset, okay? He's an asset on the team as a backup veteran presence to Trey Lance when things go, you know incorrect so he could be there and be like the the adult figure in the room like don't worry keep your show it happens like i told picks two don't worry this is how you rebound can show and explain things to him right god forbid trey lance because of his athleticism had a problem with his finger last year when he threw the ball well if he's got to miss two or three games i like to bring jimmy g off the bench for two or three games and then go back to trey lance keeping that i don't lose any of my stride and my my momentum to winning the super bowl and my last point would be if a team god forbid like the vikings or Green Bay or someone, what if the Bills, you know, something happens, right? You want Matt Barkley or whoever the backup is? Well, it's not Fitzpatrick. I don't know who it is now. I forget who their backup is. It's Case Keenum. You want Case Keenum? You want Jimmy G? I mean, if you're a winning team and something happens to your quarterback and you're six and two, five and three, do you want to punt in the rest of the season? Or would you rather give up a third round draft pick for next year and say, you know what? Jimmy G can get me over the hump, get me to the end of the season. He's a, I don't have to pay him much anything, and there you go. The Rams and, and I ride with that. That's the, Ram, the only the reason, thing I can think of. And I'm going to close out with this. I know the Rams. I know we didn't talk a lot about the Rams, but the Rams are going to be fine. The Rams are complete. They got yeah, Bobby Wagner. The have, have they, the got, biggest... they got they got Bobby Wagner. They added to that. Yes, they lose Von Miller, but they add Bobby Wagner. They got Allen Robinson. That team is going to be fine. Odell Beckham Jr. could possibly return there still as his lockers. He's coming back to the team. So my situ- my whole thing is and. And Colin Coward says his best. The San Francisco 49ers may be the most interesting team in the entire NFL this season because of this whole unknown factor of what Trey Lance is going to be or is he going to be just another guy that was a high draft pick and be and failed miserably? And then we're going to be talking about Jimmy G. And that's why I wanted to say the whole Patrick Mahomes thing, they felt Patrick Mahomes was going to get them to the promised land. They felt he was a notch better. I don't know. I don't know yet. We will see how time goes. But I don't know if they really truly feel that Trey Lance is a notch above Jimmy G. That's all I'm going to finish with. Ladies and gentlemen, we are counting down. We have college football already week one in the books. 
the NFL fantasy drafts. I finished my fantasy drafts. Both of the drafts are done. We are now two days away from the boys of fall fully returning until February. I just said it last week. For even down here, that Saturday, Sundays, I guess I ain't going to the beach anymore. Not until February. <laughs> I ain't going to be going to the beach anymore. I got to try to get on the weekdays. But, yes, it's here. You can feel it. You can taste it. Football is back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. We're going to sometime get around and talk about the <laughs> New York Yankees. Let's not bother. They suck. I'm wow. done. He's done. I'm done. He's I'm done. so done. Other than Aaron Judge, it's un it's unwatchable. Well, you just heard that. We'll have to talk about it because we got to get to Joseph McGuire. They're playing like the fourth place team I thought they were going to be this year. That's hey, what they're playing hey, like they right hey, now. It may come true, Joe. Well, since, since May, I think since May 1st, they are the fourth best ALEs team. Uh, my God, how times have changed. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next episode. We're Kansas City. We're out. City Podcast.